The Cincinnati Reds are headed west, and they're starting off with a series in Oakland that they should win. I'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you as uh, I encourage you that if you're listening, Look me up on Twitter, uh, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and drop me a line. Or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comment section, because Talking Reds is what I do. And I want to talk Reds with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And I want to thank you for making this podcast your everyday listen. If you're an everydayer, let me know in the comment section. Drop me a thought. Let me know how long you've been a Reds fan and uh, what your thoughts are on the Reds coming out of the off day into their first West Coast road trip. We're going to break down why I believe the Reds should beat the Oakland A's at least two out of three in this series uh, coming up this weekend. And I want to look at the pitching staff. I want to specifically look at the big three. That's been kind of a big storyline. Probably the biggest storyline for the Reds this season is how do the big three take a step forward and uh, why a surprise pitcher may be the best of those three. And then we're going to look at a couple of guys that you're probably not watching very closely right now, but you should be watching very closely this Weekend. Before we get into all that, I want to let you know that we are brought to you today by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And where we want to start today is with this series as the Reds travel to Oakland. And look, this Reds lineup has a golden opportunity to build some stats this weekend in a series that the Reds should win. And I know that we're not going to say that a whole lot this season. We're not going to uh, really go crazy and say, well, the Reds absolutely should uh, win this series because while we would love the idea of the Reds to sneak on in or, or be super surprising and, and, and maybe contend at some point this season, I don't think that's going to happen until next year. So this year is about figuring out who the core is for the guys who we already know who are in the core to take a step forward, and the wins and losses aren't that big of a deal. But against a team like the Oakland A's, it is. The Oakland A's are worse than the Reds, period, plain and simple. There's lots of different ways we can look at this, but the key for me is if you look at statistically where the Reds sit, really, it's even though their pitching has kind of been inconsistent, it's still the pitching that's helping them win ball games because the hitting has been timely, but the hitting isn't necessarily as high up on the chart as we might think. In fact, when I was looking at the statistics for much of uh, the different areas, especially slugging percentage, the Reds are way behind a lot of other teams. In fact, in the National League, they're 14th in slugging i.e. there's only one team that's worse than them. So that's not necessarily a spot that you want to be in. As much as we were excited about the lineup, as much as I was excited about the lineup early on this season, and and, and they seem to score runs in a timely manner, they just haven't quite built those stats up. This weekend is an opportunity to do that because Oakland stinks at pitching. They're awful. Their team ERA is 8.01. Their team ERA 
Yeah, I know it's early on in the season and things like that, but hear me out on this. There's only one pitcher on their pitching staff who has thrown at least 10 innings that has an ERA below five, not, 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 not four, not below three, but below five. Now, Zach Jackson, a relief pitcher for the A's does have an ERA. I think it was like 2.3 or something like that. Every other pitcher has an ERA above five. Yuri's Familia, uh, their closer, as it were, uh, is the guy with a five and a half ERA. Then everybody else is above six. In fact, the guy that uh, the Reds may see, and um, uh, Jason Burke tweeted this out, the host of Locked On A's tweeted this out uh, last night, was that the A's may call up Drew Ruchinski to start on Friday. Because if you currently look at the MOB at bat app right now, the pitcher for Oakland is TBD against Luis Sessa, but they're probably going to call up a guy and, and Ruchinski has not pitched in the major league since 2018. He's been over in Korea. So be hard to say what we know about him, but at the very least, we're talking about a pitching staff that is even in far worse condition than the Reds. They've allowed 47 home runs this season. That's 20 more than the Reds pitching staff has allowed. And they've walked 133 batters. That's 17 more than the next team. And while the Reds aren't necessarily adept at limiting walks, the A's have allowed 43 more walks than the Reds. That, that, that is that's a lot of walks. And, and this Reds hitting, this Reds lineup, if anything, I, we, we talk about how, you know, I wish the slugging was better. I wish they were hitting for more power and things like that. They're pretty good at getting on base. And it starts off with Jonathan India. Jonathan India has got a golden opportunity to cross the 400 mark when it comes to on base. We're talking about Joey Votto on base territory for Jonathan India this weekend. Um, if he continues the patience that he has shown at the plate, he's currently at 394 on base. And uh, these Oakland pitchers, they like to walk guys. So we might see, and, and the, I'm sure the mantra is going to be for this lineup, take pitches make them throw strikes because they don't seem to do a lot of that. And, and the Reds should absolutely take advantage of this. In fact, even looking at this overall, and this is something that just blew my mind. The, Oakland's been pretty bad to start the season. Their run differential on April 28th today is minus 113. As in they've been outscored by their opponents by 113 runs. And we're not out of the month of April. For for just for reference, the Reds all last season had a run differential of minus one sixty seven. I'm not saying that's good. Obviously, that's bad. But for an entire one hundred and sixty two game year, the Reds were minus one sixty seven. Oakland's at minus one thirteen, and we haven't even. Re I mean, we're 25, 26 games in here. That's ridiculous. The Reds should absolutely take advantage of this, and the Reds lineup is is really where I'm keying in on. The other guy that I'm I'm keying in on a specific player here, so I, I think the lineup should should feast, and I think Luis Sessa should cook. And if he shouldn't, he should get out of the kitchen. This should be a make or break start for Luis Sessa. I mean, he has struggled in the rotation to start the year. His WHIP is two point three now. For those that you don't know, walks plus hits per innings pitched, i.e. the number of base runners on average per inning that he's allowing, he's allowing more than two base runners in an inning 
on average. That might actually be more in some cases, and we've seen more in some cases. He's allowed a lot of hits, just way too many hits, and he doesn't have a whole lot of strikeouts. I think he's got 20 hits allowed, and he only has seven strikeouts. This A's homer, or this A's homer, this A's lineup has the uh, the ability to hit a couple of homers here and there. We're really looking at Brent Rooker as the guy that we got to watch out for. He's he's usually their designated hitter, but Brent Rooker can hit a long ball, and he's he's hitting pretty well. He's the only A's hitter that is hitting over 260 right now. He is hitting over 300 himself, and he has seven home runs, which is like almost half as many home runs as the Reds team has. But he's the guy to look out for if you're Luis Sessa or if you're Hunter Green or if you're Nicoladolo, the probable starters for the Reds in the series. But this is a start tonight that Luis Sessa, we should know if he can cook. Because if you can't cook against this A's team, you can't cook against anybody. You're not going to pitch well against anybody. So I, I got to see it from Luis Sessa tonight. It's got to be a good start. It can't be like five innings and four runs allowed and more walks than strikeouts because that's not good. We want good. I want like six innings. I, w- I want a quality start. Let's put it this way. Expectation for Luis Sessa, quality start tonight. If not, the Reds should be looking for someone else to be in that rotation spot. And, uh, and and then, you know, Saturday and Sunday as we look ahead, Green and Lodolo should co- should clean up. And I'll tell you why here in a few minutes about uh, specifically about them. But I look at this and I say it's a golden opportunity for Luis Sessa and it's a golden opportunity for the Reds lineup to build some stats this weekend against a lowly Oakland A's team. Make no mistake about it. There's not, there's not a stat out there that I saw that says, yeah, man – the Reds should tread lightly in Oakland. They should feast. And I know they're about to go to San Diego, and San Diego is a much tougher team. But if you're the Reds, there's no such thing as looking ahead this year, right? We, we, we talked about maybe the Rangers got caught looking ahead. There's no, there's no such thing for that, for the Reds. They should feast in Oakland. You know, Graham Ashcraft has been the class of the Cincinnati Reds pitching staff this season, especially when, even when we talk about the big three. And I'll tell you why. Coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Game Time. Game Time is the app that I tell everyone to use. If you're looking for tickets to a game, and maybe you haven't already purchased those, you didn't buy them ahead of time. In fact, spoiler alert, I don't really buy tickets ahead of time. Unless they're like part of the season ticket package that I'm in, I, I usually like to go down to the ballpark, get some last tickets, see what's on the cheap and I get on game time to do that. I always tell people, download that game time app. I will, most of the times, I will pull into my parking spot before I buy my ticket. Game time is going to give you the best last second deals. They've got the game time guarantee, which means if you find a ticket at a better price on a different app, they will refund you the difference 110%. They're that confident that they have the best deals. You got to check out game time Today, you can look up uh, tickets for the upcoming White Sox series. I know we're going to have the Mandalorian bobblehead on May 5th. Maybe you can get some tickets. I can't remember if you have to have a special ticket to get that, but maybe you do, and that's going to negate the whole game time thing. But if you want some last-second tickets to the White Sox series, you got to check out Game Time. In fact, download the Game Time app today and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Is that right? You can get $20 off the lowest price guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. 
Download game time today. They have last-minute tickets. They've got the lowest price, guaranteed. Coming up tonight, uh, obviously, Reds and A's are set to do battle at 9.40 p.m. Eastern time. Luis Sessa will be on the mound against TBD. Although, as I mentioned, Jason Burke over at Lockdown A's says it may be Drew Rachinsky getting the call-up from AAA to make his first MLB start since 2018. And you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Simply search Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on Monday. We will recap what we hope is a series win over the Oakland Athletics. I don't want to put a lot of it. I feel like I'm jinxing us. I really do. But I think that it'd be silly if the Reds lose this series. I do. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, you know, has pitched very well. And in fact, his most recent outing was inspirational. He pitched very well, but the whole idea of pitching after his grandmother passed away, he's been put on the bereavement list after that start. And Casey Legumino was called up to kind of take his spot on the roster and have an extra bullpen hand for uh, these this weekend series in Oakland. But uh, he he just pitched phenomenally well in that last game where they swept the Rangers. And it's kind of been a theme for him all year. He's been the best of the big three. And as we go through this season, they're the biggest storyline. Can they take that step forward? Can all three of them, really? I'm not looking for seeing, like, okay, who's going to be the best of the three and uh, whatever. We won't care about those other guys. We want to see all three of them take a step forward. But right now, Graham Ashcraft's taking the biggest step. He's got the best ERA on the team. He's er, in, in amongst the starting pitching. Uh, and he's got the most innings pitched by any red starter through five starts. He's got 30 innings. In fact, he's got seven more than Hunter Green does through five starts. Uh, and, and it's all been, I mean, he's been able to mix his pitches very well. A nice fastball, you know, the cut fastball. He does have a sinking fastball. He uses sparingly. And then he has his slider. His slider has been phenomenal. This year, in fact, hitters are only they've only amassed a 130 batting average against that pitch. He's got a whiff rate of 29%. He's not a guy that really gets a lot of swings and misses. He just tries to be efficient with it and get outs. But it's the pitch that gets him the most of his strikeouts of his 24 strikeouts. 15 have been on his slider. He has absolutely been just a, a, a joy to watch. And in his five starts, the Reds are three and two. Uh, that's kind of what I look at. I don't necessarily look at individual pitching records. That's not something that I'm going to really compare anybody with because there's a lot of luck involved in that. And I think that we're moving away from gauging pitchers based on win-loss record. But I, I, I think that Graham Ashcraft does a good job and has done a good job this season of putting the Reds in a position to win more often than not. Now, it's interesting to note, the guy that uh, of the big three, Hunter Green's definitely been the second best, simply because Nick Lodolo's just had two really bad starts in a row. But Hunter Green has kind of been a bad luck second best pitcher. The Reds are one and four in his five starts. But don't let that fool you. He himself has pitched phenomenal. He has a FIP. We talked about this in the spring training, fielding independent pitching. It's kind of the things that a pitcher can control, and they're trying to take away, like worrying about hits. And, you know, if you have a bad defense behind you, it's going to show through. Hunter Green's ERA, if not for defense, would be 2.1. That's phenomenal. 
And also, speaking of sliders, his slider has absolutely played very well this season as well. He has a 43% whiff rate on his slider. He's up there in the, in the, the upper echelon of getting swings and misses this season, which you love to see because that is what his pre- his game is predicated on. We talk about Graham Ashcraft not necessarily being the strikeout pitcher. Hunter Green, obviously, is a strikeout pitcher, and he's done a good job of limiting the free passes this year so far in five starts as well. But like I said, unlucky. I mean, and it all stems that his last start was phenomenal against Pittsburgh, and they just didn't score for him. So, I mean, what's he, what's he going to do? But one in four in his five starts. Now, Nicoladolo is an interesting case. And and it's obvious after these last two starts that Graham Ashcraft is ahead of Nicoladolo. But if you break it down, you break down his five starts, Nicoladolo's first three starts, he threw 17 innings, he allowed four runs, and he had 27 strikeouts. Only six walks in that time, too. Phenomenal. His first three starts were amazing. And then his last two starts happened. And he'll have 14 runs. He's allowed 14 runs in his last two starts. Four, or, or sorry, eight and two-thirds innings pitched in those two starts. 14 runs allowed. He does have 10 strikeouts and just three walks. So it's it's good that he's still kind of limiting the walks a little bit there. Tiny sample size, hard to really say. The thing with Nicoladolo, and I noticed this in his first three starts and even in his last two starts, is the batting average on balls in play against him is astronomically high. League average is about like 298, 297, something like that. The BABIP against Nicoladolo is 471. Almost half of the balls that are put in play against Nicoladolo turn into hits. Bad luck. <laughs> He's going to get better. And, and there's there's things that he's tweaking about his game. He talks about, you know, I don't want to fall behind in counts like I have been these last couple of starts. So he's going to be working on that. Hitters, I feel like, and, and hopefully not to a worrisome extent, but it feels like they're starting to key in on that breaking ball, although he is still getting a 42% whiff rate on the curveball. It's phenomenal. And hitters just don't touch it. It's got an expected batting average. He's been a little bit unlucky with it. I think the batting average against the curveball is like a little over 200, according to uh, Baseball Savant. But the expected batting average is much lower than that. It's at 155. So he's he's still the Nicoladolo we know. He's just been getting unlucky for the last couple of starts. And I don't think that's a cop-out. We're not trying to cop-out for Nicoladolo here. It's true. If the numbers say that half the balls put in play against you or almost half the balls in this case put in play against you turn into hits, there's nothing he can do about that. And his fielding independent pitching, we, we talked about that with Hunter Green, his fielding independent pitching is almost two runs better than his current ERA that's over six. So he's going to improve. And it's probably going to be in his next start, which is against Oakland. And that's the perfect place to improve if you're Nick Lodolo. But... It's clear that so far through five starts for these three guys, Graham Ashcraft has been the class of the big three. You know, there are a few guys that I am not getting ahead of myself on, but I want to see more out of, especially in this Oakland series. And it starts with a recent call up in the outfield. I'll tell you who they are coming up next. But first, I want to tell you about another sponsor today, and that is Ultimate GM. It's one of the coolest games that I have ever played. I mean, it puts you in the driver's seat of your own franchise. If you've ever thought that you can run a Major League Baseball franchise better than Nick Crawl, Ultimate GM is for you. 
Download it today on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Or if you're watching here on YouTube, you can click this or you can uh, scan this little QR code and download the app today. It, it puts you in control. You make the trades. You make the signings. You build the team. Do you want to build from the minor leagues? Do you want to build through free agency and trades? I'll give you a spoiler alert. Whatever you do, you got to match the style of your coaches. The Fairfield Hoagies are completely bent on that. And if you haven't heard this before, if you're not an everydayer, Fairfield Hoagies is my ultimate GM team. And uh, we really try to build from within, and we really try to match our coaching styles here. And, and this is more of a game quirk. It's not like trying to be a referendum on life where the players should match the coaches. The coaches should always match the players. But for all intents and purposes in this game, you try to match your best players with your coaches, and that's how you succeed. If you want to succeed at running your own franchise, download the Ultimate GM app today. Like I said, go to the App Store, go to the Google Play Store, or you can go to ProBaseballGM.com and download the app. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. Thanks so much for uh, checking out today's Locked On Reds podcast. You know the Reds and the A's, they're squaring off. It's a, Red, it's a West Coast game. we got some late-night baseball on tap for us here on the East Coast time zone because it's 9.40 p.m. that this first pitch is, and Jonathan India sits on the cusp of 400 with his on-base percentage and could possibly, I think he's going to get there this weekend. I think he's going to cross that 400 plateau. Dude has just been phenomenal getting on base. And you can you can follow along with that and catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. Make sure you're also following the podcast here on YouTube and click that bell to get notified. Plus, you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs, and he'll be back on the show on Monday. Just wasn't able to join me here today. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, there are a couple of guys that I'm keeping an eye out for this weekend that people aren't necessarily watching that closely. Like, obviously, we're watching Jonathan India. want to see if he can cross that four across the 400 uh, on base plateau early on in the season, but it'd be nice to see that, that little number there next to his name. Uh, was seeing if Tyler Stevenson can get some power. Obviously let's look at a couple of dudes that really stand out to me that probably aren't guys you're watching closely. And we're starting with Henry Ramos dude just came up from triple a and absolutely lit up the Texas Rangers. He had four hits in that series in 11 at bats. He also had a walk. He was on base. It felt like all the time. He beat out a double play that was very key to keeping an inning going against the Rangers on Tuesday, I believe it was. But more than that, he just he plays with this this passion and he plays so hard. He fits this team. Cuz cuz the just the style of play that he has, that grit, that determination, you know? He's a, he's a ball player. All that good stuff. Uh, he's He's got a triple, too. It's kind of cool to see a triple. Uh, but he is – the one thing that really fascinates me about him is that with all of this, you usually say, okay, he plays hard, he's passionate, you know, he, he seems like he's going all in all the time. Then you kind of think, okay, well, he's probably a free swinger. He probably strikes out a lot. Well, in his first 12 plate appearances with the Reds, he only has one strikeout. Now, he's a journeyman outfielder. I'm not going to get ahead of myself and say, let's go, diamond in the rough – like I did with Jason Vossler. I've learned my lesson. I promise. I promise. But Henry Ramos has me intrigued, and I want to see more from him. I'm sure we'll see him 
uh, lots this series in Oakland. Another guy that I want to see a lot more of is Alex Young. We've talked about that. We've kind of mentioned this a few times in that coming into the season, it was very obvious that the best left-handed relief pitcher on the team was Revar San Martin. And then we were trying to find that second guy. It might've flipped. Alex Young might be the best relief uh, left-handed relief pitcher on this team because he has 16 strikeouts, excuse me, 16 strikeouts in 11 and a third innings pitched. And he only has one run allowed. Now that's a little bit unsustainable. We'll probably see a, a, a couple of outings where he might blow up a little bit, but we might not because he has the fifth best whiff rate in all of major league baseball uh, for, for his entire pitch arsenal. There are only four pitchers in major league baseball that have a better whiff rate than Alex young. Let that sink in for a minute. That's how good he's been. And it's mostly his changeup. His changeup is being swung and missed with It's being with that over 50% of the time. I think it's like 52%. The hitters are missing his changeup. That is nasty. And that's the other thing about him. He is a very, I mean, he's a lefty, so he's already sort of unorthodox, but his his uh, pitching arsenal is very unorthodox because his fastball really doesn't get f- much further than 90 miles an hour. It's all about his changeup and his breaking ball. How can he mix those in? How can he move those around the zone and mess with the hitter? That he's he's been fun to watch so far, and one of the other things that we talk about with relief pitchers and a key statistic is inherited runner scoring. He's inherited nine runners, and only two of them have scored. Love to see that twenty two percent. I'd love to see that continue to play out in that manner all season long. We might be talking about a dude who could stick on with this bullpen. I don't know. I don't want to get it again. This, this segment's all about not getting ahead of myself. I'm not starting to get ahead of myself with Alex young, but he's been fun to watch. And I want to see more from him. And another guy I want to see more from, and it feels like he has been in this category since he got to the reds last year. And that's Ian Jabot, because I continue to not know what to expect from Ian Jabot in nine and a third innings this year. He has 11 strikeouts. Pretty good. I like to see that number. You like to see that that strikeout percentage and like to see it continue as the season goes along. He's okay at limiting base runs. I wouldn't say he's good at it. He has problems with walks in those nine and a third innings. He has five walks allowed. Um, and, and overall, like with the walks and the hits, we talked about this with Luis Sessa, the whip. Uh, he averages at least one base runner per inning. Not necessarily. You'd like to see a relief pitcher under one because you'd like to see clean innings for those three outs that he typically pitches, but he's okay at limiting the base runners. The thing that he's got to get better at, and it's still a small sample size, so he definitely can, but he has inherited eight base runners and he's allowed four of them to score. Definitely don't want to see a relief pitcher allowing 50% inherited runners to score. That's not good. Very, very bad. I want to say league average is somewhere in the 30% range. So you definitely want to see that come down. But he's a guy that I want to see more from. And and this bullpen as a whole, I think that, you know, talking about Alex Young and talking about Ian Jabot kind of lends itself to say, I want to see more. and, and, And I want to see more effectiveness 
and continued effectiveness and consistency from this bullpen. I don't want to see them pitch more innings. They've already pitched a lot. In fact, I think they're in the top 10, maybe like 8th or ninth or something like that as far as most innings pitched by the bullpen in Major League Baseball so far this year. That's not good. But what they have shown so far is intriguing because, like we mentioned the other day, Fangraphs does their own calculation for wins above replacement, and according to that calculation, the Reds have the second best uh, bullpen according to Fangraphs wins above replacement. The only one that's better than them is Baltimore, and Baltimore looks really good this year. So it's, it's interesting to see that that number says that this Reds bullpen is actually a lot better than we think it is. The only problem is, for as good as a bullpen is, there is a limited amount of time that it is effective. We, we've seen it in the past. I feel, like, I feel like we were talking about this in 2018. I feel like we were talking about this in 2019, where early on in the season we were seeing flashes of a decent bullpen. And then it just all came crashing down because they were used so often, so early. So we've got to see, and and this has been a thing that I feel like I've, I've just absolutely beaten into the ground, but we need to see the starters continuously go more innings, six innings, seven innings, things like that. That's not the way the game is anymore, but they need to kind of offset the number of innings that they didn't pitch early on this season and maybe even it out, like to see an average of six innings a start for our starters. I, I, I think that that's a reasonable expectation in, in a, a baseball, in a major league baseball environment where most guys are going 110% for every pitch, so they last five innings, and then they're done. I don't necessarily want that to be the norm for the Reds. I'd like to see them do six innings, and only have the bullpen get nine outs in a game. But, yeah, I really want to see some more from Henry Ramos. Loving what I see from Alex Young so far. Want to see more from him. And Ian Jabot, who is he? Got to figure that out. Uh, Before we get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast tonight against the A's at 9.40 p.m. Eastern time with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Simply search Reds. And that'll wrap up this edition for Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Everydayers, coming up on Monday, we will recap what we hope, what we hope, really, really hope, that the Reds beat the Oakland A's in this series. Uh, Make sure you check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball coming up next because you can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy baseball analysis. Check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. It's just like Lockdown Reds. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. And as we go through this weekend, and and who knows? I mean, we still haven't seen the roster call up for putting Will Myers on the injured list. Forgot to mention that earlier on in the episode. Will Myers did go on the injured list with his neck problems, but uh, could it be Matt McClain? Who knows? We might be talking here pretty soon because if Matt McClain gets called up, we're going to be pretty happy. But until then, we will be locked on Reds every single day. <laughs>